Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello and welcome to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hope your week is off to a good start here and glad to have you along for our hour of spiritual direction. Here, uh, The Inner Life, our goal is to try and understand how God is working in our lives. Sometimes we do that by understanding a teaching of the church better. Sometimes we do that by looking at how we can enter into different devotions or how we can deepen our prayer experience. Uh, all of this so that we can have a better uh, knowledge, that we can see where God might be directing and leading in our lives, and ultimately so that we can be united with Him. Well, if you have children, have you ever had that kind of experience where one of your kids, they want something, but then they send a sibling to ask for it? And Or maybe you experienced this growing up. I, I have one sister and I have one brother, but they're both 13 and 14 years older than me, respectively. And they were both out of the house by the time I was six years old. So I didn't ever have a sibling around to send in to ask my mom or my dad for something. So it was a funny experience when I started seeing this happen with my own children. And in our home, it's always been an older child that sends in the younger sibling to ask for whatever they want. And of course, there's a little bit of manipulation happening there too. You know, the older sibling might see some cookies on the kitchen counter and then ask the, one of the younger ones, hey, do you want some cookies? And of course, what five-year-old doesn't want cookies? So the older child ends up telling them what to say. They sends in the younger child to find me or their mother, telling them to ask if we can have some cookies. And that's the real tell because most five-year-old children... They're not necessarily thinking about if their older brother or their older sister wants a cookie. No, if the five-year-old, if they were the ones to see those cookies on the kitchen counter, they'd only ask for themselves, can I have a cookie? But as soon as you hear them ask if we can have some cookies, then you know one of the older kids put them up to it. And the older child doing this probably has several reasons for taking this approach. One, likely they're banking on the cuteness and the somewhat innocence of the younger sibling that they might have a better chance to get what they ask for. Also, there's the fact that if we, my wife or I, say no to their request, the older child doesn't have to get direct rejection. But if they send in that younger sibling, they can also come alongside their younger brother or sister if they think that that little one needs a little bit more reinforcement, some support, you know, if there's strength in numbers that they kind of gauge how things are going. The older sibling can ask for cookies for the both of them 
kind of presenting themselves as if their request is completely altruistic. You know, hey, my little brother or my little sister, they they just had their heart set on a cookie, and I just want them to be happy. And of course, it's always better when you enjoy cookie eating together, you know, it, it, much better than eating a cookie alone. So I, I would be willing to do this, eat a cookie with them, but merely only f- to make them happy. But most of the time when that older child, when they send in the younger one to ask for something, my wife and I, I would say more often than not, probably very generously more often than not, we answer in the affirmative. We usually know who put the little one up to coming in with the request, but even if we don't, it usually still evokes a yes from us to whatever that request is. I mean, as long as it's something reasonable. Those kinds of family dynamics, they don't have to be taught. We never had to sit down, my wife and I never had to sit down with our older children and suggest that they try this approach when they want something. They naturally realized it, just kind of learned by being part of a family that in certain situations, sometimes maybe it can be beneficial to have someone ask for what you want, but ask on your behalf. And we, you and I, as children of God, sons and daughters of God the Father, we have this same sort of opportunity in our spiritual family. We can ask our brothers and sisters, the saints who have gone before us, we can ask them to bring our request to God. And even more than that, we can also appeal to our mother, Mary, who Jesus, while hanging on the cross, gave to the church as our spiritual mother when he looked at the Apostle John and said, Behold your mother. But unlike the example I gave of my kids, where there might be that little bit of manipulation when they send in their little brother or sister, well, we don't have to try and manipulate anything because Mary, she wants to bring our requests to God for us. She wants to lead us to her son. She wants what's best for us. So today, we want to take this hour of the inner life to talk about devotion to Mary and specifically her role as an intercessor for each of us. And joining us on the program today is our spiritual director, Father Dave Heaney, is back with us once again. Father Dave is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles. He's the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. And you can get his latest book. It's called Luke 10 Leadership, How to Succeed in Parish Ministry. And that's available from Ave Maria Press. Father Dave, welcome back to The Inner Life. So did you, uh, I, I don't know how many siblings you might have had growing up. Did you ever prompt a brother or sister to go in and ask for something? Or did they do that to you growing up? <laughs> you know, I had neither um, an older or a younger sibling. I, had a, I have a twin brother. Uh, so we were always the same age, and, and uh, our parents were very, very strong about always treating us very fairly and very equally. So I didn't have the okay. example of looking up or looking down to uh, someone, but just someone at the at the same level. <laughs> well, I, I just from the twins that I know, I've got twin nephews, and I had a good friend who he and I shared a locker. He had a twin brother when I was growing up. Um, there's plenty of different fun things that twins get into, uh, kind of in cahoots together a lot of times. So I'm sure you had that with your brother. We did. Uh, we were not identical twins. We we're fraternal twins. So we didn't look that okay. much alike. But uh, we, uh, be, but, but I think because of twins, we could communicate very, very easily. And, and uh, you know, I, I could just uh, say a few words and my brother knew exactly what I was talking about. So, and we still have that today. We still uh, text each other with... Uh, different comments about current events and 
we're still pretty much uh, have that great sense of communication. It's really wonderful. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah, that is. Well, Father Dave, when we talk about Mary interceding for us, um, there oftentimes, especially outside of the church, there are a number of things that can be points of confusion. And so I thought it might be good to try and clear up some of that confusion or address mm -hmm. some of the major misconceptions uh, before we get into some of the practical ways we can then turn to Mary. And so one of the big ones that often is raised is why would I need to go through Mary to ask for anything? Why not go directly to God with my requests? And I've always thought this is a false dichotomy. You know, it's it's trying to present this either or. Why why do I have to do this or do that when it's not a uh, an either or kind of situation? It's really more of a both and kind of scenario that we're talking about when we ask for Mary's intercession. Absolutely. Uh, and it's not Mary who is granting things. Mary is interceding. Mary is talking to God on our behalf. Right. And just like, uh, you know, every Sunday morning, people come out of the church on Sunday morning and many people come up to me and say, Father, would you please pray for my son or my daughter or my friend, you know, for an operation, for, a, you know, taking a test or whatever it is. And so they don't think I'm going to, I'm personally granting something to their, uh, to their relative. I'm talking to God about their relative. I am interceding. I am uh, talking to God about them. And so just as we do that with each other, uh, we can do that, you know, you can ask a friend to pray for you or pray for someone else. And we also ask the saints who have already died and, of course, Mary. We are one church, if you will. Uh, we are. Some of our church members are in heaven, some of our church members are in purgatory, and some of our church members are here on planet Earth. And all of us are one community. All of us are one, in a sense, happy family. And we, we like to help support each other. So, you know, I will pray for you. I ask you to pray for me. And we might pray to St. Francis or uh, St. Catherine or Mary. And, and, and the phrases are the same. You know, please ask God to help me with this issue. Please ask God to uh, help me with this driving test. Please help God. Please ask God to help me with this operation coming up on Friday. So those are all the words that we, those are all the activities that we use for intercession. If I could just say one more thing, I think one of the things that's confusing is when we use the word pray, you know, pray to Mary. And I think, you know, a lot of people, especially Protestants, consider that to be worship, but it's not. Pray actually is an old-fashioned English word that simply means to ask. You know, I pray thee come to my birthday party. So it's just an old-fashioned word to mean, that means ask, not necessarily worship. And so when we pray to Mary, we are asking Mary for Mary to ask God to do something on our behalf. And so I think hopefully that'll clear up a lot of the confusion because there really shouldn't be any. It really is just really one happy community of believers supporting and, and helping each other by all together asking God for the things that we need. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, that that idea that praying is equal to worshiping. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's so important to understand the words we use and uh, to be able to define those. I'm always a huge fan of doing that as we start any conversation. You know, another thing that many people outside of the Catholic Church, especially non-Catholic Christians, will end up making uh, an accusation, and sometimes you'll even hear this inside the church, that Mary, uh, devotion to Mary, love for Mary, 
that that detracts from love and worship of Jesus. How would you answer that criticism? Does Mary, is it really possible that devotion and love for Mary can take away what is due Jesus? Well, you know, of course not. Um, You know, we could say that, you know, Mary, we have, the place that we have for Mary in ourself is the same place that Jesus had for Mary in his life. You know, blessed are you among women, hail full of grace. Uh, you know, these are the phrases that came from angels and from from our Lord about about His own mother. So, you know, who Mary is for us, we have we have the same regard for her as as our Lord did, uh, and, I, and I think that kind of puts it in, into context. Um, so, you know, we follow Jesus, and if He put Mary in that beautiful place, then then we do as well. There's no competition. We don't have a sense of competition. Really, it shouldn't it shouldn't be a sense of competition anywhere in our faith. Uh, it really means it really is an ideal that we hold up to be a communion of saints. We are all helping each other. We are supporting each other. Hopefully, loving each other. Um, and uh, there's no sense of competition. If I am, if I say that my I love my family, that's not saying I'm putting them ahead of Jesus. Uh, there really, it's, I think it's kind of an unfair or inaccurate way of looking at. When we say that we we love, you know, when parents, hopefully they'll say they love all their children in the same way. Um, And then when they say they love one child, they don't mean to say that, you know, that means the other child has less. Uh, You know, it's kind of an unlimited supply of of the heart that parents have for their children. It's not just a zero-sum game. If I love you this much, that means I love the next person less. So we love Mary. We love the saints. We love Jesus. And I don't think it, it's very helpful to kind of quantify it and say, well, this has a little bit less and this has a little bit more. Um, you know, that just like it doesn't make sense in a family, I don't think it makes sense in our, in our holy family either. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I think that's such a good point. Uh, one of the other things that might be good to talk about, just from even a, a historical setting here, there might be a question about Mary in that role as kind of this, you know, this special intercessor, you know, all the other saints, of course, we can call on them to intercede for us, but the Catholic Church has always looked at Mary as being in kind of this special role and calling her the Queen of Heaven. Mm-hmm. And that comes from uh, King David, the Davidic kingdom, with Jesus being the fulfillment of that, both, you know, earthly as far as the lineage, but of course, most fulfilled in heaven. And when David's son, Solomon, ended up taking the throne for Israel, he had multiple wives, as did his father David. And so there was this question of, who's the queen? He brought in his mother, and because he only had one mother, then the queen mother was that one who was there. And we even see in his kingdom that people would come to his mom, ask her for could you could you ask this favor of your son the king so we actually see that in the old testament and we really are living in the fulfillment of that with mary in that role of the queen mother who intercedes on our behalf to her son yeah absolutely a lot of people don't realize that the original meaning of the word queen is not the bride of the king but the mother of the king uh, or even of the of the uh, whoever is the ruler and so uh, you know Queen Helena was the was the mother of uh, Constantine, so uh, 
Mary is the mother of Jesus, and so she has that, you know, very ancient, very early, and very recognizable title of queen. And I think certainly, you know, the, the someone who had that physical connection with Jesus, who birthed Jesus in Bethlehem, certainly has a has a pride of place, and certainly has a very, very special place that Jesus himself recognizes. So again, we don't put Mary anywhere, anywhere higher or lower than the place where Jesus himself placed his his mother, and uh, that should be that should be enough for us. I mean, I don't think we should really get beyond what Jesus says. Uh, he regarded his mother with great affection and great significance and great meaning, and and so do we. Well, uh, Father, let's open up the phones here, too, mm-hmm. as uh, I'm talking today with Father Dave Heaney. Uh, he's our spiritual director on The Inner Life. He is the pastor of St. Bruno's Catholic Church in Whittier, California. And we're trying to take a deeper look at Mary, her intercession in our life, how she does come and assist us when we pray to her. And how about you? When did you first come to maybe a better understanding of Mary's intercession for you? And is there is a specific time where Mary interceded in your life in a significant way. And how has your love and your devotion for Mary helped you to know her son Jesus better? Maybe you have a question about Mary or a certain Marian devotion, uh, or how she does intercede for us. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Dave at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Uh, Father, The Catechism of the Catholic Church makes a pretty bold statement about Mary's role in our worship of God, and this is in paragraph 971 of the Catechism where it states, the Church's devotion to the Blessed Virgin is intrinsic to Christian worship. And I actually looked up the word intrinsic in a thesaurus, and some of the different synonyms that it gives for intrinsic are elemental, essential, fundamental. Why does the Church say that devotion to Mary is intrinsic, or if we wanted to use one of those other words, why is it essential or fundamental in Christian worship? And what are we missing out on if we really leave Mary out of the mix in our our Christian living? You know, it's a very, very powerful paragraph, and, and it really brings in very, very deep ideas about our faith. Mary is central and intrinsic because she was central and intrinsic to Jesus. Don't forget, Jesus would not be here were it not for Christmas, were it not for Mary's fiat, was it not for you know the annunciation to Mary that she would be the mother of our Lord. So the whole salvation story would not have happened had it not been for Mary's famous yes to the angel Gabriel. And that shows just how important this human participation in is in the story of salvation. It just would not have happened were it not for, uh, for Mary. And I think it's also uh, powerful at the very beginning of the salvation story begins with a question. Mary says, how can this be since I do not know man? And so, the, you know, the very first response that she has is to, to learn more, to know more, to understand more. And the salvation story would not continue until the angel Gabriel would explain it to her, until she was fully, um, fully understood what was happening. And so it shows that salvation is never imposed on us. It's never forced on us. It always requires our cooperation, our intelligence. God respects our intelligence. He respects our freedom, and he respects our cooperation. 
So Mary's, how Mary participated at the very beginning, um, you know, is a, is a model for uh, how salvation comes to us. It has to come to us freely with our understanding, uh, and, you know, with our full cooperation. And, uh, and, and then, of course, Mary's yes made the whole story of Jesus happen. So everything about Mary, you know, uh, really shows just is, is very, very central to our faith. The importance of freedom and the importance of cooperation are all expressed in, in the life of Mary. And they have to be expressed in ourselves as well. We have to fully cooperate with God because he can't go where he's not welcome. He's not going to force the door in on our house. We have to act like Mary and say, yes, come into my life and let you, uh, you know, form me as you will. Let it be, let it be done to me as you say. Mm-hmm. Talking with Father Dave Heaney today. Again, our phone number, if you'd like to call in and join the program, 888-914-9149. Talking today about Mary's role, interceding for us as we bring our requests to her. She brings them to uh, her son. And how has that happened in your life where you've had that request, you've brought to our Blessed Mother, and she she brought that before God uh, for you and through her intercession, you saw that prayer answered. Uh, when did you maybe come to a better understanding of Mary in that role of intercessor for you? Maybe you have a question about Mary, about how she does intercede on our behalf. You're welcome to call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And we'll be back with more and uh, with Father Dave Heaney in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Thanks for joining us here today on The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, joined by Father Dave Heaney. Father Dave is a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, and today we're talking about Mary, her role as an intercessor in our lives, and also inviting your phone calls. When has that time happened where you turned to our Blessed Mother asking for her intercession, and she took your request to God, and you saw that answer to prayer? Maybe it's been many times. Hopefully it has. Hopefully you have that kind of relationship with our Blessed Mother, with Mary. Uh, But maybe uh, you're just starting out, and you have a question about Mary and her role as intercessor. Uh, things that uh, you've been curious about maybe for a little while, and you're welcome to call in our studio line, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149, and our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Father Dave, let's go to the phones. We've got Lisa who's calling in from Topsfield, Maine. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for joining us here on The Inner Life. Hi. 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 Yeah, go right ahead, Lisa. Did you have a question? Oh, yep. So my question is, um, I'm confused because I don't know where in the Bible it tells us to talk to Mary when in the book of Timothy it says we have one mediator between man and God, and that is Jesus Christ, and that we can bring everything to God through Jesus. 
Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, and, you know, we're asking, for instance, when someone asked me at, at the front of church, you know, would you pray for my son? You know, I will, you know, talk to Jesus and say, you know, can you help this person? Uh, and then now, don't forget, that person is asking me to intercede on their behalf. So I don't make any claim that I'm the mediator between God and man, but that person is asking me to pray to God for them. So we're not changing the place of Jesus in our life. We're just saying that all of us can uh, talk to one another and say, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? These are just kind of ordinary human things that people who love each other do. It's nothing really, you know, major. <laughs> There's no big theological meaning here except that we're all helping each other. And all of the prayers eventually go to uh, Jesus. So just like someone could ask me to pray for them through Jesus, I can ask Mary to intercede for someone. But Mary is also going to our Lord. So Mary herself is not granting anything. She is going to the Lord just like, uh, uh, just like you do, Lisa, and just like someone might ask me. And by the way, you know, that you know, phrase, the- where in the Bible does it say? It's a common phrase, but... Uh, you know, we have two sources of our faith, not only the scriptures, but also the tradition, how people understood Jesus before the Bible was even written. We didn't even have the Bible for several hundred years until after Jesus, and we didn't even have any scripture texts like epistles or gospels until several decades after Jesus. So how did people understand the faith before then? From hearing, from talking, from teaching, from but before anything was written down. So not everything in our faith is in the Bible. Some, some, some parts of our faith are in the Bible, and some parts of our faith were just passed down orally uh, from teaching uh, from the very beginning. So, the, you know, the Bible didn't instantly appear, you know, after the resurrection. It didn't form until many, many decades later. And so, uh, and so not everything in our faith is in the Bible. But this idea of intercession really is not controversial. I'm sure, Lisa, people ask you, you know, to pray for, you know, to ask God, uh, you know, for some favor. They're not saying that you are taking the place of Jesus. They're not saying that you are, you know, uh, kind of standing in his place. They're simply asking you, just like they will talk to Jesus, they will ask you to talk to Jesus, and we ask Mary to talk to Jesus. It's really just kind of common sense. It's not a really big, complicated thing. It's just a loving community helping each other, and all of us talking to uh, our Lord. Hope that helps, Lisa. Thanks for calling. Yeah, Lisa, great question. And, uh, you know, I think that's such a good point that uh, myself being a convert, that was something I struggled with initially, you know, that, well, where, where do you find it in the Bible? And the Bible itself doesn't necessarily say you have to find everything that we believe in the pages of Scripture. Um, you know, the fact that uh, Christ founded a church that's where he expected us to look for that authority, not necessarily to a Bible. Um, and it's important to have that authority too, Father. You know, I, I mean, you can speak mm-hmm. to this far better and far more eloquently than I could, but you know, to have for difficult uh, passages, you know, something that might be a little confusing, you have to have some authority that's able to say, this is really what that means. Um, so that, you you know, we don't wind up with all these different kind of confused understandings, and it causes more and more division. That's been one of the, the biggest problems that we've had in Christianity, and it's 
sad because that was Jesus's final prayer before he went into uh, yeah. you know his passion. That let them be one, Father, as you and I are one. That all may be one. I think that's the you know one of the beauty, uh, beautiful features of the Catholic Church is that it has largely remained one over all these years because of being faithful to the way that Jesus set it up. Um, the Bible came from the church. It wasn't as if people read the Bible and said, oh, I guess we have to do it this way. The, you know, the church was around for many, many decades before there was any scriptures at all. And so, uh, the, you know, the Bible is, is one foundation of our faith, and then, there's, and then also the oral tradition that has been faithfully passed on all these years. And so, thank God we have that authority, we have that institution of the church that says, this is what verse 6 means, this is what this chapter means. And that has provided kind of a unified faith over all these centuries, as opposed to other denominations that, uh, you know, if they think verse 6 means something else, they have to found their own church. They have to kind of go down the street and start their own building. So we have this beautiful teaching authority of the church that keeps us unified, that keeps, that, that continues to tell us the authentic teachings of Jesus, which has kept the church safe all these years. And, um, you know, we've paid the price when we haven't been faithful to that, and we've enjoyed the benefits when we have been faithful to the authentic teaching. Talking with Father Dave Heaney here today on The Inner Life, and we're also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149 as we're discussing Mary and her role as an intercessor in our lives. And when has Mary interceded for you? Maybe there was a specific time where you brought an intention, some prayer request to her, asking for her to bring that to God, asking for her to pray for you as well, and you received that answer to prayer. What happened? And how did, uh, turning to Mary, how did that help you to grow in your love and your adoration of her son, Jesus? How did it help you to know Jesus better? Maybe you have a question about Mary and how she intercedes for us. 888-914-9149. Father, before we go back to the phones, um, when I was in college, I once asked one of my professors who was a Christian, asked him, how do you know that God exists? And he sat there for a moment, thought about it, and he said, you know, I think it's just the longer that I live, the more that I see God provides. He answers prayers that I have in so many different ways, and so it becomes this kind of personal list of evidence and proof after proof because of God answering those prayers. And Father Rocky, our CEO here at Relevant Radio, he's even made the suggestion that you should keep a journal and write down any time that you receive an answer to your prayers, because the more you pray and the more times that you see those answers, you realize God has answered your prayers, you can then go back and look at this growing list that becomes your own personal testimony, your own personal kind of gospel of God's reality in your life and his goodness and his providence. And the older I get, the longer that list gets for me, too, <laughs> the different prayers I've had answered. But all of this, I simply to say that, you know, Father, in your own life, I'm sure you have that kind of list of different places you've looked. How have you seen Mary intercede in your life? How, how have your prayers been answered? And how has that helped you, uh, I guess, to encourage you in your own faith, but also in your ministry as a priest? You know, I think some of the famous Marian shrines, like uh, I was privileged enough to go to Lourdes, um, and then also uh, 
uh, Medjugorje, which hasn't gotten final approval yet, but the church recognizes the spiritual benefits of going there and all the good things that happen that are there. You know, for years I was in a, a parish here in Los Angeles that had a lot of Hollywood celebrities. And I can tell you, if they got just one part in a movie, man, their head would get big. They would just get really big. And they were really, you know, it was very important for them to receive kind of adulation from fellow parishioners or recognition. And I went to Medjugorje and, uh, you know, millions of people have gone there over the years. Now, none of them have seen Mary, but you get to see the visionaries. You get to see the people who have seen Mary. And I would watch thousands of people just mob these visionaries and just hope to get a little glance or a touch, uh, you know, of their cloak in a sense or just a conversation. And what amazed me was that over all these years, with millions of people trying to speak with them, they remain utterly normal, completely humble, and just ordinary people. That to me is an amazing thing. Uh, and one of the, that to me is the miracle of Medjugorje, the one that I accept, that, that these people have remained so utterly human and normal that they have been clearly protected from uh, arrogance or grandiosity over all these years. So that's kind of a, kind of a unique uh, miracle that I, I accept. I think the other thing, too, is, you know, for many years I was involved in a program that was entirely about intercession, and that was the relevant radio uh, family radio, rosary across America, where between each decade we would take calls from people who were asking for different prayers. Uh, and so you could really tell how people felt moved when they suddenly realized they were on air and that thousands and thousands and thousands of people are hearing them and they recognize that all these people are now going to be praying for their intentions. So the power of intercessory prayer was evident to me every day doing that beautiful rosary program when, when people felt how powerful it is when the community cares for one another and all of us are going to intercede on your behalf and ask Mary to intercede for all of us to our Lord. Our Lord remains the the one mediator, we go to him, but we go to him through the caller from Pittsburgh and through and through Mary. So those are two personal things that just moved me quite a bit, just the, the uh, beautiful spirit of the visionaries in Medjugorje and the beautiful experience of people calling in in the family rosary and, and just asking for intercessory prayer. And it's a beautiful, powerful event in our faith. Father Dave, let's go back to the phones. Tom is calling in from Minnesota. Tom, glad to have you here on The Inner Life. You're on the air. Hey, thanks, guys. Just a real quick note. I carry a rosary in my pocket. I use it as a tool. I had a situation at Thanksgiving where um, Satan was trying to keep the family apart. My daughter mm -hmm. was in town, and, um, and I heard that she didn't want to come to Thanksgiving because another daughter was going to be there for whatever the reasons were. So I decided to uh, get tough. I grabbed my rosary. I walked for five miles, said five rosaries. By the time I got to the destination of my um, son's house, I was told that everything's fine. Everybody's going to show up at the house. And um, they asked me what I did. And I said, well, I just walked five miles, said five rosaries to, uh, to turn it over to the Lord. And my daughter said, Dad, you want to ride back to the house? It's another five miles or two miles. I said, no, on Thanksgiving, I'll just walk back. So anyway, bless the mother, it works. 
I use my rosary a lot, so I just wanted to shout that out to you guys. Have a blessed that, day. Tom, that is a fabulous story. Thank you so much for calling in. That is an amazing story. You know, I was thinking, you know, too bad that Thanksgiving, which is meant to be this wonderful time of gratitude and appreciation, often is a time of kind of it's kind of a battleground for family issues. But you, through the intercession of Mary, turned it around. And that five miles was really kind of a pilgrimage. That was really kind of a, a pilgrimage journey of faith that you used that time to reflect and to pray and to use five rosaries. That's, that's beautiful. And by, and by the time you got there, everything had worked out, uh, you know, mission accomplished. So beautiful, you know, f- a five-mile pilgrimage there and then a five-mile pilgrimage back. Uh, you, your prayer made it all happen through the intercession of Mary, a great, great Thanksgiving story. And I'm sure that what happened that day will be told in your family for a long time. And I'm glad that you told us today. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Father Dave, we've got full phone lines here, so uh, we do okay. need to take a short break, but let's get right back to the phones right after this. Um, okay. uh, again, well, one one phone line just opened because Tom hung up, so we've got one line open if you'd like to call in and talk with Father Dave Heaney, our spiritual director here, as we're talking about Marian intercession, how Mary intercedes in our lives, and if you'd like to share your story or maybe you have a question about Mary, you're welcome to call us, 888-914-9149. More of your phone calls coming up next. Next here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today we'd like to thank Adam, who's listening in Pennsylvania, for donating his Toyota. Join in with thousands of other listeners to donate your old vehicle by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I want to say thank you to Nick Sentovich and Thomas N. Gesser for their help in producing the program today. Thank you for joining us as well. And if you joined us uh, just recently, we're talking with Father Dave Heaney today. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, talking about Mary and her role as an intercessor in our life and our devotion, our love for Mary, how she leads us to her son. And uh, we've got full phones, so Father, let's go back to the phones. David is listening to us, calling in from California. David, thanks for joining us here on The Inner Life. Uh, My pleasure, Josh and Father Dave. Thank you so much for a great topic. I just want to share um, about an experience I had where I really believe Mary interceded on my behalf. And it has to do with the annual pilgrimage, the Walk to Mary, that happens in um, the Wisconsin area. I was really hesitant about um, taking the journey coming from California um, all the way to Wisconsin in a matter of, uh, I would only spend a few days on this trip, and I wasn't in shape to do the 21-mile walk. But um, I was going back and forth and, you know, asking Mary for intercession. And I clearly heard in my head um, shortly before I bought my airplane tickets that Mary asked me to also ask for the intercession of St. Raphael. And, um, you know, I, I just trusted that the trip would go smoothly. And I bought my tickets and, um, uh, to fast forward the trip was, it was a great pilgrimage. Everything went smoothly. I had safe flights. I had safe lodging, a great experience. I thought my legs were going to fall off after I finished. I only did 17 of the 21 miles, but um, the very next day, my legs weren't sore, and I was able to continue on and, and make it back to California. And I just had a 
kind of a life-changing experience. And I really want to thank you know, Mother Mary for her intercession and direction and, and you both for the topic for today. Story and kind of another pilgrimage story of, uh, you know, like Tom was talking about his five-mile walk to that Thanksgiving dinner. You had this long walk to the shrine. And I, it's just amazing how the experience of pilgrimage has such a profound effect on us. Maybe it's just because we have that time of thinking, of reflecting while we're, you know, walking and, you know, uh, kind of seeing the scenery pass by. Uh, and so it all came together for you in a very beautiful way, a very meaningful way, kind of a life-changing way. Uh, all these beautiful things that happen on the pilgrimage, which always has as the destination some spiritual place, a shrine of Mary especially. So a uh, beautiful story, David. Thank you for letting us all know. Uh, Father, let's go to Austin, Texas. We've got Vielka, who is calling in and joining us, listening there in uh, the Lone Star State. Vielka, you're on the air. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yep, go right ahead. Okay. Okay, thank you. So I, I just wanted to also mention that um, I had um, I had considered myself to be a, a pretty good Catholic. I'm a cradle Catholic. I made all my sacraments. I go to Mass once a week. I go to confession every now and then. I was patting myself on the back for for being, you know, a pretty good Catholic. Um, and then a friend of mine, um, I was worried about my others, my other brothers and sisters, and they're falling away. And a friend of mine said to me, why don't you get the green scapular, which on one side has the image of Our Lady's heart pierced with a sword, and, um, and pr- you know, and pray for them. You, you know, carry it around. You could give it to them. So that's what I did. I got a green scapular. I would, you know, hold it in my pocket, and, and pray, uh, asking for Our Lady's intercession. Well, I, it's almost like the joke was on me, because Our Lady, um, I believe, actually responded by opening up a treasure trove into the Catholic Church that I never even knew existed. Um, I, I went from, you know, just being a okay Catholic to suddenly having my prayer life intensely deepened, um, my faith increased, finding the Church Fathers um, and their quotes and, and all these uh, books about them, so much so that I had started blogging um, and almost became like, a, you know, an apologist. And um, I, I just couldn't believe what she had done for me. And it's still going on to this day. I still find more and more about our Church's history and uh, authority and, and, you know, different prayers for different circumstances to our Lord, and uh, just very, very grateful to Our Lady. I, I know she did that. I absolutely know she did. Because it was good for you. Uh, our Lady could see that this was something that you would enjoy, that you would treasure, that you would just uh, really, uh, you know, find great satisfaction in, and that is the intellectual heritage of our faith, which is immense, and which is sometimes, a, a you know, an unopened treasure chest that more people should access, just like you had. All the church fathers, you know, the richness of wisdom, the brilliance of their insights. Uh, and this is in the very first centuries of our church. It really is a beautiful treasure trove that you have found. And I love how you said that you've kind of become an apologist, too, that you're taking all the information, all the knowledge that you have and, and offering it to others and kind of, you know, keeping that treasure trust, uh, that treasure trove of knowledge going uh, and, you know, kind of coming into you and then you're passing it on to others is beautiful, and uh, 
yeah, we, we, we hope that Mary interceded for you on your behalf and made that, and, you know, that grace came to you. And it, and it came to you in a way that you especially love. The intellectual tradition of the church uh, is a beautiful treasure chest as you describe it. And, um, you know, God bless you. And I'm sure it's going to keep on going and, and just be a source of joy for you for many, many years to come. Thank you, Bilka, for letting us know. Uh, you know, Father Dave, uh, my predecessor here on the, tr- on, on the Inner Life, Chuck Neff, the prior mm-hmm. host, he used to say quite commonly that the Inner Life, he thought was, uh, he, he dubbed it the world's largest faith-sharing group. And mm-hmm. I, I really, I'm just enjoying this hour as we get to hear testimony after testimony after testimony of Mary, her, her care and love for the different people who are calling in to share their stories, and just how it's helped them in their own faith. And it encourages us as we're listening too. you know, that oh, it's so good to know we're not alone. Sometimes we can feel isolated in our faith, depending on our life situation. But it's so nice to have that, uh, that encouragement that we get from each other. And that's the way it's meant to be. You know, we each have our own personal journey of faith, and we share it with others in the hopes that it will inspire and, and, and help them in their journey as well. And so together as one church, we walk on this pilgrimage to our eternal reward. Uh, Father, we've got Ash, who is calling in from Arcadia, California. Ash, you are on the air with Father Dave. Hi, Father. Um, hi, uh, Josh. I want to call and mention two things, Father, and uh, the devotion that I had to Our Lady. My, la- my little grandbaby, the only grandbaby I have, a 15 months uh, old last year, she had a neoplasma cancer. And the, everybody, was, they couldn't find what was the tr- wrong with her. And finally, one doctor was able to find it, and she's completely cured now. So I pray to our, uh, to Relevant Radio uh, Rosary Line and also for the Divine Mercy and mention this, and they prayed three times during that time, and I call and thank them. So, and also, uh, it's Our Lady's help that I always, uh, she was always there, and for my grandbaby, and um, mm-hmm. she basically cured it. And also, Father, in my own personal life, I, my, I have a wife that is, has very severe dementia. So she gets very angry and agitated. So I have a rosary in my pocket all the time, even when I go to sleep. In my pajamas, I have a rosary, a small mm-hmm. rosary. So when she gets angry, I always pray, say the, uh, the Domina of the Seven, uh, seven Sorrows Domina, Our Lady, and I hold the Domina and say it on my own. And her agitation, her anger, and everything goes away. And I think that's a miracle that Our Lady has shown me. And uh, uh, yes, and Father, uh, I, I yes, and I miss you. From I have been listening to you uh, in the past in the red, uh, the rosary time, and I also I'm in the parish, your old parish in Holy yes. Angels. I used to be at Holy Angels there in Arcadia, a beautiful parish. And beautiful call, Ash. I, re- I really love your story. We always love to hear stories of, of people being cured, of sickness uh, going away through the intercession of Mary. But I love how, you know, when your wife kind of acts out, you know, people have all kinds of reactions. They get angry, they get mad, they get back, they, they snap. And you chose the most beautiful reaction when, you're, when your wife is kind of acting out. You turn to the rosary. You have it with you all the time. It's ready at hand. And that changes your response to your wife in, in, in a much more beautiful and, and, and effective way. It's a great, great lesson for everyone to have. Rather than kind of snap back or get uh, short-tempered or impatient, 
having that rosary with you, kind of just even touching it with your hand and in your pocket can just remind you to, to have a kind of a higher response back to other people in a more loving way. So great example, Ash. I'm glad you called in and give my greetings to everybody back at Holy Angels Church in Arcadia. Uh, Father Dave, uh, we're getting a little short on time here. Before mm-hmm. we get uh, too short on time, before we run out of this, uh, the minutes remaining in the hour, if I'm listening and I really don't have much of a devotion to Mary, I'm hearing this conversation, I'm interested in learning more, maybe taking the first few steps on that journey to uh, have that devotion. Where, where do I start? How do I get to know Mary and develop that devotion to her? Well, I think always the best place to go is very good, authentic information, and that is the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which you don't have to read beginning with page one to page two and three. You can just kind of read sections that you that are, are, are of interest to you. And that, that will give you the authentic understanding of Mary, which is very, very important because Mary sometimes gets pushed and ta- tagged in many, many different directions. So we always want to have the authentic teaching of the Church. So I would start with the Catechism, um, and then uh, if you know how to pray the rosary, that's just always a very beautiful, easy thing to do right away. So maybe start with the rosary, uh, but then you know, make sure you get good information about Mary from the catechism. I think those would be two things that you could do. You know, another thing that might be a question in somebody's mind, uh, because Mary was sinless, because she was preserved from that stain of original sin, it might be kind of on the surface we have the thought, that it's difficult to relate to her. You know, she didn't sin. I struggle with sin. Any thoughts on how we can look to Mary and not feel that kind of distance, but rather find similarities, find common ground that will help draw us close to her? I think one of the most profound ways is just her very first response. The first time she opens her mouth in the scriptures is when she asks the angel a question, how can this be? So if you've ever had any question about the faith whatsoever, you are in good company. Questions are good. You are in good company because you share that experience with Mary. That's a very human thing that uh, Mary and every single person on the planet can can share that idea of how can this be? And then, of course, her final words are do whatever he tells you, she says at the wedding feast at Cana. So we, if, we, if your day starts with a question, how am I going to get through this day? The answer is always going to be follow what Jesus says. Her first words and her last words are just exactly what every human person needs to understand how to make it through life in a beautiful way. Father Dave Heaney, uh, as we're down to our last few moments here, could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners as we conclude the hour? We ask, Mary, for your intercession. We know that everyone who has fled to your protection or implored your help has always been aided. We ask in your mercy to hear and answer our prayers. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Father Dave, for taking the hour and being with us here on The Inner Life. And want to thank you for joining us. Uh, apologies to those who called in and we just didn't have time to get you on the air. Uh, tune in tomorrow. Going to have a great conversation talking about how we can have a plan for our spiritual life. What does that look like? What are some uh, tips, some guidelines that we can have for that? It's going to be a great conversation tomorrow, so I hope you can join us here on The Inner Life. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next, followed by The Faith Explained, and we'll see you back here tomorrow on The Inner Life.